Okay, so what were some of the non-negotiables for you as a young lady getting married to to me? The man that I had to marry had to love Jesus. That was pretty much my number You're so one. Spiritual. I'm not trying to be. That's just my That's number just who one. I am, you know. That's I just... did want a tall, dark, and handsome man. Well, I'm, your hair's dark. I'm, I'm not. I'm average height. I'm <laughs> average than good me. looks, probably. No. You're and handsome. I do have hard, I wouldn't dark have married hair. you if you were not handsome. Oh, well, I'm flattered. Yeah. Uh, I married you because... Those are my non-negotiables. Just... <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Those are your non-negotiables. Uh, yeah, so today we're going to talk about three non-negotiables that every marriage needs. And rest assured, I don't think we're being dramatic in saying that they are truly non-negotiables, regardless of your spouse's hair color. We trust that you'll find this helpful. <laughs> Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. So really tall, dark, and handsome. Well, that was I want to know what were your, what are some of your non-negotiables for a wife? I when wasn't you were... that smart. I didn't plan ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, the, how do I, uh, how do I get a ring? <laughs> I hope she says yes. <laughs> My non-negotiable is you had to say yes. <laughs> I mean, That's I knew. Funny. I mean, I knew that that I, I I wanted to have a woman who loved Jesus. I knew that we were. I was that. I was at least that smart. <laughs> But other than that, I was just like, no, oh, she's, you're pretty. Uh, no, I just, you're my best <laughs> notice, friend. Just notice that I'm giving you more credit than you're giving yourself right now. <laughs> I didn't set out. Love me. <laughs> I didn't start dating you. Well, I did actually. When we started dating, I was like, hey, I wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be dating. In our first conversation of <laughs> should we date and be a couple, Ryan drops the bombs of, I wouldn't date somebody I wouldn't, I wasn't ready to marry. <laughs> I don't think I was that. No, you said I wouldn't date someone who I wouldn't consider marrying. That was your phrase. Okay, but I was probably a lot more like heartfelt than that. I wasn't just like, by the way. No, you were heartfelt. Those were the words, not okay. the tone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that was true. So I guess I did. I mean, I knew you were a quality, beautiful lady. You're sweet. And I, and I knew that uh, if you would have me, that I would have you. Yeah. But you know what? There are three non-negotiable things in every marriage that yes. we're going to talk about. <laughs> yes, but first. <laughs> but first. So we had, we do have uh, some some housekeeping. Do you want to do housekeeping first or the heart check first? What do you think? I think we should do, Let's the, do the heart, heart check. check. Okay, cool. So, so we're going to do a heart check. We'll do some housekeeping. We're going to talk about these three non-negotiables today. And then we do have a question from our listeners and readers and patrons about being yes. young and married and in college. Yes, yeah. Okay. So a heart check. If you're not aware, three questions we ask each other to keep kind of abreast of what's happening. That's right. I just used the word abreast. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, just, shaking my head over here. Shaking my head. Uh, we're just word choices I, I love today. that we're adults word and we're still choices. laughing about these things. You're the one that picked uh, it up. I didn't say anything. You, you definitely cued off of that word and did something <laughs> no. that I can't talk about. Okay, so the three questions are what book is in your hand, what voice is in your ear, and what's stirring in your heart. So why don't you why don't you start off? Okay, the book that's in my hand we're reading. Um, so we're doing Classical Conversations with Della, and the moms are doing kind of an extra book club thing. So they're picking a book once a month, and you can meet and talk about it. Uh, the book they decided to choose was Pharaoh's Daughter by May Sue Andrews. I had never nice. heard of her before. Um, and she is amazing. Um, I believe she lives now somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Um, but she, this Pharaoh's daughter is about, well, Pharaoh's daughter and Moses, kind of his story nice. and some background around there. Um, while kind of the author's story is that she rejected Jesus most of her life. And then, um, when she had young children, she started reading them Bible stories and she started doing research and all of this stuff to understand kind of the contextual, um, even she got into different languages, all the ancient histories to understand these Bible stories more. And so that's kind of where her, where she began to write from. So there is a lot of factual, um, things happening, but it's also a fictionized fictional story. So uh, she's behind. adding fiction around based on the history and Bible the culture that she understands. Yeah. To help us kind of contextualize those Bible stories. I, me and I had to talk and about she this. T- and she really is bringing forth, um, faith a lot and she has a disclaimer at the beginning of her book that's like 
we've done I've done a ton of research, you know, and I want to make sure that this is as close to the Bible as possible. If there is anything that, you know, feels to you or seems to you like it's it's going off track, like I apologize in advance. That's not the intent. It really is to to point us back to the Bible and the stories and and Christ. So um, it's been really helpful in our conversation conversations, and it's come up in this talk that we're going to um, do today also. Mm. So that's the book that's in my hand, uh, Pharaoh's Daughter by Maysu Andrews. She has a couple of trilogies and some other ones that I'm excited to step into and start reading. She's a great writer. Um, what voice is in your ear? <laughs> if I'm honest, it's been trolls lately. <laughs> I only <laughs> the movie trolls because the girls are loving that. I will say, though, as this little, like, if you need a boost, not like my kid, we're just listening to trolls, but... Whenever I get in the car, sometimes my kids have a ton of requests, and I'm like, no, stop. Don't ask for things. Be quiet. No snacks. No music. Nothing. nothing. Just- <laughs> and so we turn on <laughs> Trolls, and it just makes me happy. So it makes all of us happy. It kind of has been our, okay, we're going somewhere, and I'm, I really need you kids to be happy. <laughs> like, we all need to kind of feel better about life. So Trolls has been in our ears lately, <laughs> and it's been kind of fun to dance and just be reminded nice. to play and have fun. Um, so there's a there's more to that than just listening to Trolls. Um and yes, we've watched the movie, so judge us. <laughs> no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a fun and entertaining. Movie. Yeah. It's... So, um, on that note, what's stirring in your heart? Um, I think really it's come from that book of understanding. Um, she's in a, in the role of like a mother, and she's understanding God uh, versus all the Egyptian gods that she was raised with, and how mm-hmm. Egyptian gods were fickle, and how El Shaddai is faithful. Mm. Um, and there's just a lot of context in there that you just never really take into consideration about the culture. And it's really been building my faith and helping me understand God and being in fearful situations. Who can I believe God mm. is in those moments? And she really yeah, articulates that's that. Good. Yeah, that's good. I think we tend to inadvertently adopt small G gods into our lives, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? So we, we will... And they're very uh, fickle. We'll believe <laughs> things that are almost like sacred. Yeah truths that are sacred beliefs in like the way the world works or the way culture is or the way people think about us and we'll start to govern our lives mm-hmm. based on those fickle gods that we've created right i think it was luther who said our hearts are idle factories mm-hmm. right so yeah that's that's really cool glad to hear that glad to hear that Good, i'm glad you're glad to hear that yeah, i'm glad that you're glad that i'm glad <laughs> to hear that so here's what's going on in my world book? i don't know if i've oh. i've not told you this stuff so what book is in my <laughs> great hand? I'm about to drop a bomb. Sometimes these happen. <laughs> no, I'm reading Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. And it's one of these kind of, uh, it, it's, it, I feel like it's a book that all serious people read and I, and I haven't read it yet. And so I'm trying to be a little bit more serious about things. No, I'm, but, but I'm a G.K. Chesterton fan. No, I'm fan. serious. <laughs> no, but seriously. Uh, I'm a G.K. Chesterton fan. Um, in general and Orthodoxy is not something <clears throat> I've read back, you know, cover to cover it's really cool. Here's just one quote from it. And I'm just in the early parts of it. And like the third chapter, um, when he's talking about kind of this idea that by, by, and this is modern as well, right? So he wrote this, I don't know how many years ago, but I'm gonna say a hundred years ago. And, uh, it's, it was the idea that like, if you're, if you're religious, that's the word that he'll use, then you're somehow closed minded. And he's basically, Mm. or if you're not completely rational or completely just based on, uh, you know, your um, realism, which is like what I see, feel, touch, hear, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's saying that you're the one that's closed off, not me, as opposed to being like a closed-minded hmm. religious person. And like one of the quotes he says, he's talking about poetry, and he like, likens it to poetry. He says, poetry is sane because it floats easily on an infinite sea, and reason seeks to cross the infinite sea, and so make it finite. And so I think he's talking about when we believe things that are un- that you can't understand it actually pushes us outward outside of ourselves and the path to insanity and smallness is to look inward for all the answers mm. but the path to bigness in your life and openness in the ways that are healthy and good is to look outward that's good namely to look at the you know and and to kind of take your role as i, I don't have to wrap my arms around yeah. every piece of reality to make it real that's an uncomfortable thing to do and say and way to be mm-hmm. right because we want to fit everything in our box we want right. to be able to somewhat control and understand every aspect of Mm -hmm. it or think we do. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something that I will understand in this life for me to, to believe in it. Right. Uh, and so I I just find that interesting. I like how in the old English kind of the different ways of articulating things, it makes me think of things that I normally, normally wouldn't think about quickly. What voices in my ear, I'm actually listening to a new podcast called the craft of preaching. Now I'm not a preacher. We are getting asked a lot of requests 
we're getting asks. <laughs> asks. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a lot of requests to, to speak. Um, and that's not something we've done a lot of. So I'm kind of thinking, okay, if I'm going to communicate, how do I communicate well, faithfully yeah, and, and winsomely the things of God yes. as they pertain to marriage and just life in general? And so I'm just kind of poking around a little bit. I can't say I've listened to a ton of their episodes yet, but it's a podcast. You kind of got to get into a few. They're a bunch of um, reformed guys and uh, they're part of the LCMS, which is new to me, but I, their theology is solid. So venturing in a little bit. So what, what stirring in your heart, kind of what you said about the bigness of God. So at my devotions this morning, I was reading Psalm 13 and it's the, how long or a Lord Psalm Mm -hmm. where he's just despairing. And at the end, he says, but yet I rest in your steadfast love. I'll sing to you forever. Mm. And uh, and I just got to thinking, like, what if, so we believe in a covenantal God, and we're, we're going to talk about that today. But what if God wasn't steadfast? What if he wasn't loving? Yeah. What if he was fickle? What if I could pray and I didn't know if he was listening? Right. And instead, we have a God who is steadfast, who is eternal, who has come down to earth to love us and to show us the mm-hmm. way and to give us the way. What if that wasn't the case, right? Yeah. So we take that for granted a lot of times. So we'll talk about that, but that's been stirring in my heart today. And it's a bit, actually, it's been a good, uh, I've been feeling a little bit distraught and <laughs> really kind of flipped that on its head. And now yeah. I'm really celebrating. That's great. In my, in my heart. That's good. It's good to struggle <laughs> with some things. I think that's where God just really shows up and brightens our world, right? And clarifies and illuminates uh, our beliefs and our shortcomings. So just a bit of housekeeping as well. Um, if you, we want to thank you, all of you who, ha- who listen and rate and review the podcast. That is great. If you could continue to do that, or if you haven't already done that, don't mm. continue. I guess you can't continue rating, right? I don't think so. Unless but you if have you more haven't accounts. done it yet, go to <laughs> iTunes. Yeah, go to iTunes and just hit a star rating. That helps yes. us a ton. Yes. And that's, you know how that works. We won't say any more. Um, and if you want to support this podcast and partner with us, uh, you can do that via Patreon, uh, com slash Fierce Marriage. And that helps us just connect uh, f- with you directly and also help us keep kind of ad free on everything. And it helps us, you know, partner with each other and know each other. Uh, and know who's supporting us and who wants, who's really all for, you know, this gospel centered marriage. And what and, I've found, sorry to interrupt you. It's okay. I'm sorry. What I found, I got later. excited. That's have, why you can pay later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have my comeuppance. <laughs> uh, what I found is that people are asking, "Hey, how do we get a marriage ministry started in our church?" So mm-hmm. a lot of the folks that are on there are like on the front lines right. doing this kind of work. Our mission is clear: we we exist to point couples to Christ and to commission marriages for the gospel. And so if that's something that you identify with and you're really passionate about, mm-hmm. we'd love to. Uh, put our heads together. Patreon's the way we do that. It's mm-hmm. not a huge barrier to entry. I think $2 is the lowest mm-hmm. amount. Uh, so anyway, check it out. We'd love to be a partner with you on that regard. It helps us a ton. Um, right. Finally, if you hear any questions, if you have any questions during this talk, feel free to ask. <laughs> if you hear any questions in your head. <laughs> if you hear any voices in your head, call this number. <laughs> no. Uh, no, call 971-333-1120. You can text or call or leave a voicemail. All I ask is you speak clearly. Yes. Because sometimes it's hard to understand with yes. cell phones and whatnot. Awesome. I blame the technology every time. You blame it's it never every the person. time. It's always a technology. <laughs> That's safe. That's a safe assumption. Oh man! So we're gonna have fun today. Yeah. It's this so topic what, is yeah. so important to us. What are these three non-negotiables that we have not mentioned yet? And people are probably hitting the fast forward button <laughs> yeah. just to get to the hey, first one, hey, right? You know, that's your right as a as a listener. It is. You can do what you want. I right? do what I want. I like to go fast, listen to three words, then go back, listen to three <laughs> words, and take it out of count to context. <laughs> Anyway, so, so what are these three non-negotiable things that I we every would marriage argue. truly yeah. needs this? Yeah. And obviously, we have a bias. We are Christian in that we love Jesus. We love God's word. We believe it is true. And we believe that it should have like the most important weight in every decision we make mm-hmm. and every um, important thing in our lives. So before I get into that, I want to ask a, a, a question. And so reader or listener... <laughs> Sorry, got readers on the brain. <laughs> Listener, as you're listening to this, ask yourself this question is, what are some things that I've built my marriage around? Hmm. What are some things we've built our marriage around? And it, you'd be surprised. So, Such uh, as? like Such as some couples. I thought you were so handsome. I know. Yeah, I was so just, attracted to you. The old bait and switch. And bait and switch, for I sure. I thought you were loaded. I thought you had so much money. <laughs> and I was just you're marrying joking, into right? this. Are you joking? Yes, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> 
like you know me. <laughs> oh, that's so funny that you are you really is that, is that really what you thought? <laughs> no, but a lot of couples will get they get married based on prem, uh, premise that mm-hmm. is faulty, mm-hmm. right? So it could be just pure attraction, mm-hmm. or it could be maybe you have a, mutual dreams and things that you love to do mm-hmm. together, and you think that's what you'll do for all of your marriage. <laughs> Right. And all that is important. Right. right? I don't want to say that that's bad if you're attracted to your spouse, that somehow that's bad. (laughs) Right. Um, But sometimes a marriage can be built on that. And what will happen is that you end up realizing a little bit later in the game that that perhaps isn't the soundest foundation Mm -hmm. or bedrock is the, to fit our analogy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not the most solid bedrock to build your marriage on. Right. Right. So. And we all build our marriages on something, whether it's just an idea or a feeling Mm. or, you know, kind of this ideal of of what we envision mm. marriage should be like, you know, instead of even you have coming a good, back. To- you have a good one on here. You Thank said kids. You. Yeah. So sometimes people will, marry, will build their marriage on kids, right? Mm-hmm. You end up getting pregnant before Absolutely. you're married. And so you think, well, we got to get. They're an easy thing. They're an easy thing to kind of, they take over very quickly. <laughs> well, granted. And it can be an easy thing to hide under and mm-hmm. build around. Mm-hmm. And not careful you can, and intentional. You can kind of change from foundation to foundation, and that yeah, you might start based seasons. on attraction, and then now yeah. you have kids, and now you're building your whole marriage and predicated on yeah. on your kids and mm-hmm. being parents. And then what happens when they're out of the nest? Yeah, you're left with nothing. All those things crumble. Yeah. Um, so what, we're we're dancing around it. So here's the analogy. I'm just going to come out with it, Go. and we're going to talk about this a lot <laughs> in the coming 30 minutes. But essentially, imagine this, right? You have a bedrock. You're building a foundation on top of the bedrock. Uh, and then you, uh, you're trying to build a house. So you have to have uh, a framework and you have to have the fuel to heat the home, mm-hmm. right? So we're saying that the God's word, and this is not one of the three things, but it's just kind of the assumed underlying to everything, mm-hmm. is God's word is the found is the bedrock, bedrock yeah. of our foundation, mm-hmm. right? Our foundation is the gospel. So th- And then on top of our foundation, we build our framework, which covenant is mm-hmm. our framework, and then finally, Christ-like love is our fuel. Mm. So to take this analogy one step further, building a home, you have the gospel is your foundation, your covenant is your framework, how the house actually looks. It's the thing that you live inside of. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that keeps you sheltered mm-hmm. when when the storms hit, yeah. when the rain falls, when the winter comes. Right. And then inside the home is love is the fuel that warms it up, that turns it into a place worth living in, right. turns it into a place that you can actually spend your life and building your relationship mm-hmm. together. And if you want to go even further, life, making yeah. babies, raising well, it helps babies. Sustain life. It creates and helps sustain yes. life. Yeah. It's where you cook your food with right. that fuel. But it's important, you know, that we correctly and like biblically understand each of these things. So if we don't, if we don't really right. understand the gospel, um, which I can say, I don't think I really understood the gospel for a lot of my life. Um, or we don't understand covenant in the, in the right context. Um, then how can we understand love? Right. We mm. can't understand love if we don't understand covenant. We can't fully understand covenant if we don't fully understand the gospel mm. and who Jesus is. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to go to the quintessential marriage passage. <laughs> do it. <laughs> you laughed at me when I brought this up the I other know, day. I know, I know. I'm like, what else are we going to do, right? This is, what, this is, this is where we go. This, this is Ephesians 5. We are marriage people. Ephesians this 5. is where we go. <laughs> so, and this 5. is just part of it. The whole chapter is amazing. Mm-hmm. But therefore, in Ephesians 5, 31 through 33, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay, so I want to, so we talk, we're talking about the gospel being your foundation. So what do we mean by the gospel being a foundation. It's very it's very important that we understand clearly what we're talking about when mm-hmm. we say the gospel. And that's why this verse is so important because <clears throat> this verse is talking about the gospel. And the gospel is the interface between Christ and his church. Mm-hmm. It's the place where the two meet and it's the good news that brings us to Jesus. And what is the good news? And I think that's where we can spend some a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But essentially, our view of the gospel determines our view of marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Like... I, I, I can't really, you as my husband can't really love me well, right? If you don't understand and experience the gospel, experience mm. the good news that Jesus is holy, that we are not, that God is, mm. God is big. We are not, we have this immense need for a savior yeah. in order to be able to understand 
how to love and how to live within mm. covenant. So if, if you've, if you've been, that's very good. And, and to, to kind of fill that out in, into a story of ours, uh, if you've been listening to us, if you've bought our, and read our book, Fierce Marriage, then you'll know this story. But essentially in, in our second year of marriage, mm-hmm. I got really sick. It's a long story, but we were in Switzerland. You're wondering how the heck did they get to Switzerland? Buy the book, people. Buy the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cliffhanger. And that's it. No. Uh, We were in Switzerland. I ended up getting, I I had a congenital heart defect. I got an infection on one of my heart valves. It nearly killed me. Mm -hmm. Selena was thinking, like having to envision going home as a widow from Switzerland from what was supposed to be an adventure. Anyway, uh, and so there was a good chance that I was going to die on that that operating table. They had to cut me open and do all this stuff. And cut your heart open. They had to cut my heart open like and open I was heart. sick at yeah. the core yeah. and we tried to treat it with <clears throat> antibiotics. An- antibiotics and Tylenol basically and all this stuff and nothing was working and we needed a, the hands of a skilled heart surgeon. And so basically the best news that I ever got was, was the moment I woke up mm-hmm. and realized that I, that I wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. I had spent time writing letters to you. You remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. I wrote letters to my brother, to my dad, to my good friends and just basically saying like, Hey, if, if this is it for me. I want you to know these things. I want you to know that I love you. I want you to know that I, I cared for you mm-hmm. and care for my wife. I'm telling my friends, please care for yeah. Selena. We can't my, get into that too much. Yeah. I get too emotional about that. <laughs> I Selena, still get emotional about that. Oh, me too. And I'm telling Selena, hey, I, I, I want you to go and find another guy that will love you better than me. Never. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. Yeah. Uh, and so that moment of waking up mm-hmm. was like all those letters – they mattered, but they didn't mm-hmm. at the same time. Right. Because why? Because the news was so good that I got to, I am still here. I can <laughs> still live with my own wife. I can still, we can have kids together by the grace of God. And and so well, the point I'm trying to make is that the good news is only as good as the bad news is bad. Mm. In other words, I felt most alive having faced death head on. Right. Right. And so the gospel is just that. And that's, that's why it's good news. We are facing death without yes. Jesus. Yes. Yes. And so when we say, do you understand the gospel? We're saying, do you understand how good and holy God is? Mm. And do you understand how much you need him? Mm-hmm. And do you understand how hopeless you are without his help? And, and how the much good news is that he loves you and that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for you to pay the mm-hmm. price we couldn't pay. He lived the life we couldn't live to give us the eternity and salvation that we would never attain without him. Absolutely. And so in light of the gospel, we can then say our joy is proportionate to the level of our Mm. need. Yes. And it's so, that's why it's so important to understand our need. Yeah. I don't want to gloss over that. You just said it. Our, our joy is proportionate to the level of need that we feel for Jesus. Why? Because the more need that we feel, the more the greater satisfaction we feel, the bigger he is. Yes. And so how does this infect our marriage mm-hmm. in a good way. How does this, I guess, what's a better word for in, in, impact? You're in the medical realm right now. Yeah, exactly. How does this change us? Well, a great view of God and an accurate view of ourselves creates an immense need for Jesus. And mm-hmm. therefore we understand what it means to be loved even mm-hmm. when we are unlovable. And mm-hmm. when we experience love in that way, when we understand what it means to be truly loved in that way, we understand how now to love each other. So good. When we are unlovable to each other. Right. Right. So without, and not only that, and we can go on and on, but <laughs> not only that, but the covenantal, so Jesus is the fulfillment of the covenantal promises of God. Mm-hmm. And he's the illustration and the proof of God's covenantal character and that he, he is a God. can't say this enough. He is a God who does what he says he is going to do. Right. He fulfills his promises. Yes. That is the gospel. That's the good news. So good. And we see that in Christ. So and good. So, So this first, so when we're talking about the three things, the first thing that we are talking about is the gospel as our foundation Mm. um, for building our marriage on. Um, And then this leads us into the second one, which is covenant. Mm. And this is the framework that allows our life, our marriage life to happen. You know, to understand the power and importance of it, we really need to understand it Mm -hmm. through the scriptures. If you look at the Old Testament, continually again, God shows God's covenantal nature with his people. It shows his character. Um, You had Ezekiel 16... Verse, so, oh. yeah, it's, it's, uh, Easy E. Easy E, is that <laughs> how you the rapper from the 90s. <laughs> very, very lewd rapper. <laughs> Don't listen to his stuff. Uh, Ezekiel 16.8. I love this. So, so when we say covenant, right, it's one of those things that people, I think, gloss over. 
And I always, I, I'm this kind of guy. I always want to take a step back and say, how do we truly appreciate covenant for what it is? And I think the ways we can truly appreciate it are in two ways. We can see the covenantal theme throughout scripture. Right. <clears throat> we know it's important because it's a constant theme from Adam all the way to Revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Genesis to Revelation, you see all these different covenants playing out. You see God fulfilling his, his end of the bargain, mm-hmm. regardless of what Israel does. But <laughs> I see, you see the covenantal character of God, the covenantal love of God come into play really vividly, I believe, and one of my best, it's all throughout scripture, right? So if you look at any verse, you could say, oh, that's covenantal character of God somehow. I think you see this on every page of the Bible. Yeah. But because you see Jesus on every page of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But Ezekiel 12, or Ezekiel 16, 8, to me is a really vivid example. And it's basically, uh, the, the verse is so, um, where do I have it? I think I have it somewhere in here. I want to read it. Um, and it's Ezekiel 16, 8. I'm having a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord God, and you became mine. And so they use the word covenant there, talking about them becoming mine. He's talking to the people of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which are uh, part of the Israelites, the, mm-hmm. the whole people of God, because they had this point, they had split into two different kingdoms. But just before that, there's this amazingly emotional uh, strong language Ezekiel of Ezekiel condemning the Jerusalem, the people in Jerusalem for um, not being, being a faithless right. bride. Mm-hmm. Is, and that's the language he used. And they had basically turned to other gods. They had stopped worshiping God. They don't stop. But still God comes around to them and says, you became mine. And he spends all this time rebuking them. And then comes so back good. and said, again, I will be your God and you will be my people. Mm. So how vivid is that when you talk about marriage being an illustration of that covenantal character of God? Mm-hmm. And so we talk about covenant being a framework. Right, right. It's and the, it's something that we should we should value because God covenant matters to God. It mm. should. And therefore it should matter to us because it matters to God. Mm. And if it doesn't matter to us, um, then I think we need to be honest and start asking God why does it not matter to us? And we need to start honestly seeking those answers. You know, if, in my book that I'm reading, the one, the Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's daughter, she's one of the quotes she says is fear is the most fertile ground for faith. And I think a lot wow. of times we can be afraid to understand these big ideas of covenant. We can be afraid to face the fact that we haven't cared for a while in our marriage about what mm. a covenant means. We've been functioning contractually and yep. covenant has, I mean, do I really need to care about that? Yes, we do. Why? Because friends, we want to unpack this for you. We don't have to be afraid and saying, I don't know why, or I don't want to, but mm-hmm. we can say, we can come together and say, okay, let's understand this together. You know, there's, there's purposes within covenant. There's a reason why a divine reason why God created us to be in covenant mm. with each other and not in a contract with each other. So let's talk about those three. Pur- we have, I've identified at least three purposes for mm-hmm. the marriage covenant. Now, God created covenant to be strong enough to hold a couple together mm-hmm. so that love can bloom. Mm-hmm. Love can become what love needs to become. Right. Because we're sinners loving each other and love is what we'll talk about next. But those three purposes are there uh, and they give us context for our covenant, mm-hmm. right? So these come from Genesis 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the passage. Essentially, it's when God created man and, and women, woman in his own image and uh, male and female. He created them. Uh, and he said, God bless them. He said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion mm. over the over the world, mm-hmm. over the earth. And so in that moment is when we see the first wedding happening. So that's that passage is from Genesis 1, but mm-hmm. in a parallel passage, Genesis 2, it's, they're parallel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that you that they became one flesh. That's when we see that, that language. Mm-hmm. And so there's a consummation happening. So we know that there is... A, a marital union, mm-hmm. a marital bond being established in this first couple in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And it's in that context that God says, now you are one flesh. Now go forth, mm. multiply, mm-hmm. fill the earth and subdue it. And so the three purposes of a marriage covenant come from that. That, that, that marriage mandate. covenant. Yeah. Yep. They come from that mandate that God gave those people and then, or Adam and Eve. It's one, your holiness Two, your household, and three, your handiwork, or God's handiwork, sorry. So your holiness basically is to be fruitful, right? What does it mean to bear fruit in the Christian life? Mm -hmm. Fruit of the Holy Spirit, (laughs) right? To do what you were designed to do. You think about uh, a tree. What is a tree designed to do? Bear fruit. Bear fruit. That can use that on and on and on. On and on. (laughs) All day. Uh, Your household. So go forth, forth, multiply. Mm -hmm. So the multiply part. Actually building 
discipling our mm-hmm. own children, having children. Yes, mm-hmm. God is, I could go on, you can tell. I could go on and on, but God has graciously allowed us to be a part of the life-creating process. Mm-hmm. And through this amazing act of of consummating our, our, our bond mm-hmm. as a husband and wife, which is very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun and it's something that we want to do. Right. And it's, and in that act, we actually participate in creating life much like Jesus was injected, you know, God himself made flesh injected into humanity mm-hmm. in a way that is, I, I could just make these parallels. It's crazy, but well, and there's discipleship that happens and multiplying your disciples within your household. Yeah, that's the other part. Yeah. Um, so not just the... <laughs> yes, not just the, making, the making babies. The making but... babies, but there's also this multiplying of, of image bearers, right? And multiplying um, those those around you, kind of. And not mm-hmm. multiplying them in your image again, in, but in the image of God. That's so good. Thank you. Um, and discipling them. And then third, God's handiwork, subduing the earth. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is just, I think, the, the, the part of... Another gracious gift of God. He's allowed mm-hmm. us to participate in his work. Mm-hmm. So it was a wild world. Imagine what it was like in Eden. The smells, the sights, the, you know, the magical fairies floating around. <laughs> there, weren't no, there weren't fairies, right? That's is, not what a... Bible is this? <laughs> it's not unlike the Bible There's no I read. That, that I'm, th- I'm picturing what, uh, when you watch like fantasy movies and it's like there's little specks floating around in the sky and they're like <laughs> glowing. glowing specks. So specks, not fairies. Um, but essentially like it was a wild place and God said tame this yeah make this beautiful like work the land yes don't just sit around eating you know berries (laughs) bonbon berries they were a thing (laughs) look it up (laughs) it's in the greek but it's it's in the hebrew (laughs) um don't just sit around and, and being lazy right but participate Which, in the cultivating of this wild place. That's a whole, place. like, another message about rest and work and, like, yes. the sacredness of rest. And, and the sacredness of work. Absolutely. And how work is not supposed to be. Absolutely. I mean, then the fall happened, right? Yes. And it changed all of this. Yes. So, but work work was existed before the fall. Mm-hmm. And work has been good. And mm-hmm. God can still redeem work. That's another talk. Another talk. There's lots of talks here, friends. But, so as a family, yes. here's, here's where this comes back around, is as a family back now, I covenant, feel like this yeah. is where we get into our purpose as a married. We're not just married for our own sake, mm-hmm. or we're married for the glory of God and mm-hmm. to, to make this wild place. And to multiply, like to help. That's part of our mission is to make disciples, make disciples yeah. and commission marriages and to love. So what's the other part of the great commit or the great commission is go forth, make disciples. Right. Right. And then, but another part, Jesus says, love others is love God, love others mm-hmm. in that order. So how do we love others? Well, you love your neighbor as yourself. So, our first neighbors, each other, our mm-hmm. first, and then, then it's our kids. And then it's our actual physical neighbors, the people in proximity to us and outward mm-hmm. from there. So it kind of puts our work as a married couple into context and mm-hmm. that we don't always have to be. Well, and I think it brings purpose to sometimes our lives, our daily lives that can feel mundane and kind of, you're just at the grind, mm-hmm. you know, kind of doing it. And it feels very purposeless sometimes, at least mm-hmm. um, I have to continually remind myself when kids are asking the same questions again and again and they can't figure out how to put their shoes on or they're, you know, there's just mm-hmm. these little things that kind of continually show up. It's reminding myself that we are doing eternal work. We are, yeah. there's purpose within this. And I think that allows, that helps me, empowers me to have, I think, more patience. It empowers me to mm. see the clear vision, the further vision and not just the here and now. That's so, so good. That's so good. It's that context that gives us sanity. Yes. <laughs> in the insanity. Well, sanity and purpose and yeah. and life and dreams and goals and all of that within the context of Christ, I yeah. think is so beautiful. So, um, and then... I want to recap really more. fast. Okay. Because remember, remember, we're talking about God's word being your bedrock. Mm-hmm. Now we, we put the foundation of the gospel on top of that. Now Which are, the, these are the three non-negotiables. And, yeah, the foundation, the gospel covenantal understanding which is the framework mm-hmm. and now let's talk about the fuel love so obviously love but not just love right right because we've you know christ's love is our true measure and definition of love the world's distorted this idea of love you know it's how you feel it can be contractual very self-serving but god has re- redeemed this through jesus right so he's when we very... say love we really mean christ-like christ-like love, like love because frankly culture is confused <laughs> You can ask any five people what love means and you'll get five different answers. Yes. And you you might be thinking, well, what? <laughs> but I mean, just look at, look at the internet and all the rage that yes. is, you know, and all the, 
the anger that you see and because people aren't loving each other the way they believe people should be loved. Right. We're loving, quote, each other, but it's a, it's very selfishly. It's very mm-hmm. self-centered. Yeah. So, so, so it'd be very intentional about understanding what Christ-like love is and what the Bible shows us that love actually is. Mm-hmm. We... So going back to their story in Switzerland a little bit, um, there was one day that we were sitting outside. It was sunny out. We were sitting out by this fountain out in the back. I think you were in a wheelchair still. It was pretty fresh out of surgery. Uh, uh, you maybe. weren't able to like walk down in elevators yeah. and all of that. You, you could walk a little bit, but you couldn't walk far. Um, and we were sitting outside and we were having this fight. You were super angry. Uh, I was kind of like, I don't know who this person is. He's super mad right now and I can't even try to talk you off the ledge you were and we just also just done wanted, yeah well i think the anesthesia does mess with oh for sure yeah i remember i i couldn't for it took two years to just be able to think clearly mm-hmm. anyway that was that's a sidebar <laughs> but i remember you you also were very anxious to get just to get home yeah. because we had to stay there for five weeks after mm-hmm. surgery because i was not a swiss citizen mm-hmm. i couldn't be an outpatient mm-hmm. so i'm in the hospital for five weeks mm-hmm. And had having to do this antibiotic therapy. Right. And we were both very angry. And here I had forgotten. So I had forgotten that moment of waking up and being so just in How love. quickly we forget, right? Yes. How quickly we forget the good news. We are testimonies to it, as you'll hear in and our story. We, <laughs> and without reminding ourselves and looking to the good news of Jesus Christ, we forget what it means to love. And we turn inward and we start to we get bitter. Our mm-hmm. love gets distorted. Uh, and we start to forget... Um, Love's definition. Absolutely. So this happened, I think. So everybody, when they talk about love, if you've ever been been to a wedding, (laughs) they're going to talk about 1 Corinthians 13. (laughs) Most of them, yeah. And it's the love chapter. They may not reference the Bible, but they'll give you the idea. Love is patient. (laughs) We're not going to tell you who said that, but it's patient. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Love is kind. I'm not going to tell you said that, be but kind it's kind. Be kind to each other. Yeah. Be kind. <laughs> by your boot, strap, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be kind. And be we're, kind. <laughs> and we're saying that's that's part of it, but it comes back to the gospel. It comes back to understanding covenantal love of God. Mm-hmm. But what I think, what Paul is doing there very quickly, Paul was addressing something that was happening in the Corinthian church. Because we go to the love chapter, mm-hmm. First Corinthians If you 13. go straight there, yes. you'll just be like, oh, these are great principles about yes. love. But really, there's so much depth there because the reason why Paul had to go to that, the pain of describing love is because they had forgotten how to love each other. They had bought a secular definition of love and mm-hmm. they started to infiltrate the church and it was affecting right. the health of the church. Right. So a bit of history. Sounds familiar. Corinth. <laughs> Corinth is... is I think in modern day Greece and it sat on an isthmus between it was, it was a, I'm not going to get into that. It was very, it was a very worldly thriving city from a commercial standpoint. Yes. Commerce was happening there yeah. because of the, the ports that were there and the land masses. A lot that of trading, a lot it. of, yeah, incoming and, and going. They, they, Corinth was at the base of the Acro Corinth, which was the, the temple of the goddess of love or where the temple of goddess of love was. And mm-hmm. so they were very, it, it seemed like it, the world's definition of love was imposed upon this church and they were falling for it. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is saying, wait, 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 hmm. there is still a more, there is still a better way, hmm. a more powerful way. And here's what it is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is gentle. It's not self-serving. Mm-hmm. And he goes through the whole thing that we all know so well. And to remind them the clarify, they had to clarify the definition of love in a worldly culture. So here we are saying, we're talking about Christ like love. And what is that? Go back to 1 Corinthians 13 and just read it. That's what right. Christ-like love is. But also looking at the person of Jesus on the cross mm-hmm. um, and, and knowing that love is an action. Right. And Jesus is God's love in action. Right, right. Uh, do you want to read? I, I'd love to read this passage. It's yeah. 1 John 4. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, this is where, I mean, you say love is patient and you want to be patient, right, in loving each other. You want to be kind to each other. But really it starts with understanding, experiencing uh, knowing the scriptures of, of like this first, like first John four, seven mm. through 10 is, um, because we can't, we can't necessarily love on our own, right? We can't selflessly love without Jesus mm. and beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love anyone who does not love <laughs> does not know God. Mm. Because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God. In this God, is love. Sorry. In this is love. 
not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That last verse just is like a, it just, it's like a gut punch. It is. In this is love. Not that you have loved God. But that he loved, first loved us. And we can only love because he first loved us. Yes. 1 John, isn't that 419? A couple verses down. A couple verses down. It says we love because he first loved us. Right. So, So in knowing how Jesus loves us, we are more equipped and empowered, especially from the Holy Spirit, to love, therefore love each other through patience, through mm-hmm. be kindness, mm-hmm. through long, through long suffering, mm-hmm. through um, all of the things listed. And this is the challenge to, to us, uh-huh. me and you, and anyone listening, is that if we're not loving each other, we're, we probably like we don't know God that well. Yeah. Not to say we're not saved. It's just that we don't know the character of God well enough to know that I should love you in a different way. Right. And so anytime we're being sanctified as us being molded into the character of Christ. Mm-hmm. Our selfish, our selfishness is, our is selfishness getting pounded is, away. Our flesh yes. is clashing with yes. our spirit. Yeah. And, and we are realizing that we do not know or trust God. If we knew God, we would trust him. Right. Right. If, if, if we, we really knew. Yeah. And so like, if I don't trust God, it's because I don't know him. It's not because he's not trustworthy. It's because I don't know it. Right. And so that's the challenge is if you don't, if you're not loving, you don't know God. Mm-hmm. And so, because in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and mm-hmm. sent his son. So see how this all intertwines mm-hmm. that these three non-negotiables truly are non-negotiable. If you want to have a, a healthy, right. thriving, lasting marriage. Yep. And so it, anyway, that that's, we can go on. <laughs> I think we can go for a long, long time. Yes. But I think that lead, leads us to our couple's challenge pretty well, which is, Again, coming back to that question, what have you built your marriage on? Mm. Talk about it. Maybe your bedrock isn't scripture and your covenant feels kind of shaky. You know, articulate your beliefs and put words to what you believe so that you know. And so God can grow you in in those. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what you believe, say that. I don't know what I believe. Mm. I don't know what we believe. And don't be afraid to say that because God is faithful to meet us. He He's faithful to bring people into our lives. You probably already know people that you could go and talk to about this. Mm. Go and talk to them and ask and talk to your spouse, especially first. What have you guys built your marriage on, if you're honest, right now in this season that you're in? Yeah. And take that to the end, like the, to the full extent of it, right? If you've not build, built your house on solid bedrock of mm-hmm. God's word, and therefore these three non-negotiables we're talking about, what's going to happen? Mm. What's going to happen if you yeah. if you built your house on the sand? Yeah. Right, we all know how that away. story ends. The wise so, man. <laughs> yes, let's all sing together. Um, yeah, so yeah, have an honest conversation. I think mm-hmm. that's really good. So, um, and this is not to be self-promoting, but really, the book that we wrote—it's called Fierce Marriage. We get a lot of this from, like, we wrote this in that book, and we're just regurgitating it here. Um, not all of it. Not all of it. Yeah, we've learned even since we've written written this book. But this, I feel like, will give you a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. And these three non-negotiables. Are yeah, it kind there. of adds, it provides more depth and more to the stories and more understanding mm-hmm. and context into why these are the three, these are three non-negotiables that we would sit down mm-hmm. with any couple and say, if you're going to get married, mm-hmm. this is what you need to have in place you know or funny? start working on. What's funny is people will say, well, what about communication? What about like, how should we deal with sex? Isn't or, it what interesting about money? how all of these things, when they're <laughs> in place, those things yeah. are much more manageable and much more um, when I, clear yeah. to walk through, right? Well, when I understand Christ's love for me, I understand the gospel, I understand covenant. Yeah. Now how I communicate with you is going to filter through all that stuff. And right. I will not call you names that are not becoming to a, a daughter of God nor right. a son of God speaking to mm-hmm. his wife that way. Well, right? and priorities and money and stewardship, how are we, mm. those go through all of those filters. If I'm, if I'm loving my family well and not just loving myself, you know, how are we going to spend our money? How are we going to, mm. if we're trying to Ooh. multiply our household and make disciples, are we going to fill every ounce of our schedule so that Ooh, there's snap. no yeah. place to talk about Jesus? Are we going to max out our budget and get the most expensive house our mortgage broker says we could get <laughs> just because we can? Right. Or are we going to think in terms of what's the most missional way we can view this decision in right. our lives. How can we be, yeah, how These can These are all Christ rhetorical questions, this? of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can see where we're going with that. So the practical things do come from these, but the principles always have to be there. You and have to the, be laid there first. The, be, the beliefs have to be there before mm-hmm. the behavior follows. Always the case. So, uh, yeah, check that book out. Um, we have uh, a question. We did have a yeah. question that we wanted to talk about, which was 
from a college uh, married couple that's in college, mm. right? Yes, that's exactly right. It's a young man. No. <laughs> <laughs> young newlyweds. Young newlyweds. <laughs> a young lady asking yes. about her husband. So she says, uh, my husband and I are young newlyweds who are finishing up the last two years of Bible college. My husband is 20 and I'm 21. Hey, that's the ages we were when we got married. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we absolutely love your podcast. Thank you. And it has helped us focus on Christ and use our marriage to glorify him. That's awesome. Awesome. Since I know the two of you were um, married college students, uh, let's see. I wanted to know what are some things you would. Some tips you would give to young couples that are in this position. It didn't taste well. Um, Which I think this can can go for any newly married couple who's just really busy. (laughs) Yes. Right? I mean, college is is a unique time, I think, in your life. And I think if you got married and you're in college, one thing that differentiates, I believe, is is your community and how you create those boundaries uh, with your community. Because now you are a married couple. You're not just, you know, Susie and George who can hang out at any time with <laughs> yeah. anybody. It's like we are a married couple. And so that we can't always have people over until two in the morning or we can't always, right. you know, hang out every time the our group mm. gets together or whatever. You know, there's got to be a little bit of that separation, I think, that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you probably know that plus you're in, it sounds like you're, yeah, they're in Bible college. So you're learning about the Lord <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. and the Bible, which is so great. I'm, I'm slightly jealous. Um, but I would just say really, really commit to creating some of those boundaries early on mm. because you will need, it's good practice for when you are out of college and then you start having jobs or there's church involvement and there's just all the other things that start wanting to right. pull at your time and your relationship and your covenant. Yeah, I would add to that. So that's good. Boundaries. Be very clear about boundaries. The second thing I would say is uh, embrace your um, the opportunity that you have to start your own traditions as a family, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things that we did when we were young and in college, we didn't have a lot of money. No young college couple does, uh, but <laughs> very few, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and so we just would go and drive. Like, So if we ever had a day off together, which is pretty rare, we would drive somewhere and just go be together in fun, far off yeah, places, just you know, explore and be adventurous. two or three hours of yeah. driving. Yeah. And, um, we would go, go find little cheap hotels and just explore and, the little and towns explore and have yeah. fun. And we'd always, uh, you know, eat at new restaurants and that was fun. Um, on that little budget we had. <laughs> yeah. Sharing meals, people. <laughs> yeah. Creative. I mean, I was a janitor and you were a barista. <laughs> so like the budget was not that big. And then the other thing <laughs> is cleaner. In regard, with regards to intimacy, I want to talk about this yeah. because it's always a big thing mm-hmm. for young couples mm-hmm. and it's Newly always something married. you feel, yeah. at, especially if you're in Bible college, there's all this like, Hey, we got married. So sex should be great. Right. <laughs> and you're like, it's not what great. If it's difficult? <laughs> what, what if, if it's I hard? What if yeah. it? What if, uh, yeah, what if there's more tears than I thought? Yeah. And so I would just say, have some candid conversations Mm -hmm. around that. Talk about what your expectations are. Talk about maybe why those expectations are healthy or unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Right. It's okay. Or I thought going into marriage, it was going to look like this, but I feel like it's kind of like this. Be open about those conversations and be vulnerable and say, I don't understand. Please help me understand. (laughs) But I thought I'd come home and you'd be cooking naked at least two (laughs) nights a week. Just ready, ready to go. I laugh because that was kind of our conversations. I thought that we would be having sex at least four times a day on average. I mean, not every day, but average. That's not true. (laughs) Um, No, we're laughing, but those are obviously caricatures of what your expectations might have been. But talk about those things. Is your sexual experience what you had thought it would be and mm-hmm. what you had hoped and why or why not. Right. And and, don't, take, and try not to get your feelings hurt. Yeah. Try to have a, try to have, um, be open love. and vulnerable and yeah. have, yeah. Remember you're in this covenant together and you're going to be patient and loving and kind to each other just as Christ was patient <laughs> and loving kind to you. Right. Well, it's like we learned that. Oh somewhere. my goodness. <laughs> um, and just know this too, that you're just at the beginning and it's just yeah. going to get better and better intimacy, but every aspect of it's going to get better. Just keep pursuing Christ. And we talk about traditions, Establish the good habits now. Mm-hmm. Read God's word together. Yeah. Pray together. Pray together out loud for each other. Yeah. Um, you know, and we can go on and on. Go on dates with with each other, which you're like, we go on dates. We're all together all the time. Yep. Be intentional because when those little ones come, when and if they come, um, mm-hmm. and or when you're out of college, life can get busy and you're going to, 
I think a lot of times Ryan and I look at each other and we're like, we just want to go for a drive together. <laughs> we just want to go mm-hmm. be together wherever that is. What did we do when we were in college and young and, you know, carefree and only had to worry about an exam? Or Which, something? Not saying that that is your life. That was our lives, not yours. I'm super stoked because tomorrow is actually going to be that. Yeah. It's going to be a bit of a throwback. We're driving up to Canada to talk at uh, an awesome church mm-hmm. up there. It's our first international speaking gig. So <laughs> we're internationally Three hours north international itinerant speakers here. <laughs> um, call our agent, please, <laughs> for inquiries. Um, oh, man. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really fun event. But you know what? We're driving past where I remember driving. You went to Western yeah. Washington University. It's yep. right there on that I-5 right corridor. That corridor. And so I drove that drive from UW Seattle up there many yeah. many every, every we week did, we one of our best dates was in canada remember mm-hmm. we went there victoria yeah. yeah or vancouver yeah we went to the Bouchard gardens mm-hmm. i think anyway so that'll be fun we get to spend all this time in the car we get to cross the border hopefully they don't hold us up because we're gonna have books this time trying to sell them so anyway selena's giving me the get along wow. with it finger <laughs> <laughs> okay so quick. hopefully that yeah. helps thank you for writing in and sharing um, yes. so boundaries traditions um and be intentional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So quick reminder again, if you haven't yet, um, and you've enjoyed this episode, we would, we would appreciate a star review on iTunes or whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. If you have any questions, you can, uh, call or text in to this number, 971-333-1120. And, um, if you are passionate about everything we've talked about, these three non-negotiables are really the foundations of what we've everything we write is mm-hmm. going through this filter. So if this is something that stri- uh, stricken, struck, struck a chord with you, <laughs> um, we would be honored to partner with you through Patreon. That's mm-hmm. patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's goodies there for people who do, um, but just check it out if that's something that, that God is leading you to do. Mm-hmm. Selena, would you mind uh, praying for us as we close out? Yes. Jesus, thank you so much for loving us when we were unlovable, for coming mm. to us and infusing this world with your presence. Mm. Thank you, God, that we can um, know you mm. freely. Help us to understand the gospel every day at every yeah. moment and every turn. God, help us to understand your covenantal nature and to understand uh, our own covenant that we are in with each other mm. and with you, God. And may all of that infuse how we love one another and how we live this life that you've given us uh, with each other and in those close to us and further away from us, Lord, help us to continually show your love, your definition of love uh, to each other because of Jesus and to the world around us. In your name, amen. Amen. I love you, Selena. You're amazing. I love you too. Awesome. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. We will see you in seven days. And this episode is... In the can. All right, friends, we will see you soon. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.